Think of the dumbest person you've ever met. I mean, just incomprehensibly stupid. Like you can't figure out how they are able to get through each day. And I bet that person is still smarter than the focus of today's story. Well, let me clarify. Bob Birchtold was a genius. The people he targeted, really dumb, right? And I know that's a mean thing to say, but there's no other explanation as to how this happened other than sheer, aggressively incomprehensible ignorance. Welcome to Our Weird World. Our Weird World. Early in 2019, Netflix premiered the documentary Abducted in Plain Sight, which told the story of Bob Birch told and the Broberg family in Idaho. I couldn't believe what happened in this story. Right? Literally every 10 minutes, I was like, what? 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 And just when you think the story couldn't get any more insane, it does. You're not ready for this if you haven't seen this documentary. But it is story time. Story time. Our story begins in Idaho in the 1970s when Bob and Marianne Broberg, along with their three daughters, Jan, Karen, and Susan, met Bob Birchtold, his wife Gail, and their three kids. The two Bobs quickly became friends over their shared interest in business and their families, while the wives bonded because they just didn't have any other choice. Uh, Birch told who looked like he could be Jeffrey Dahmer's little brother because he had like a massive forehead. If you know anything what Jeffrey Dahmer looked like, like he had, the you know, Birch told had this massive forehead, a smooth comb over, aviator glasses and really flat lips like he looked he just looked like a weird dude. But he quickly took a liking to Jan in, in, in particular. And Jan obviously was one of the Brobergs' daughters. Um, unbeknownst to the Brobergs, uh, Birch told had already spent a year in jail for molesting a girl, and he had been reprimanded for it by the Mormon church. And, and this was a particular part of Idaho where Mormonism is the main religion. Um, what they did know was that Birchtold had been ordered to undergo therapy. But what was weird was that Birchtold somehow found a psychiatrist who had lost his license the previous year, mainly because that psychiatrist who, after uncovering Birchtold's fixation for little girls, ordered him to spend as much time with them as possible as a way to cure him, which is the dumbest, like, way to go about therapy that I've ever heard of. Oh, you have an alcohol addiction here, go get a job at a bar and spend all of your time there and also spend any, um, you know, disposable income at the liquor store and just eventually you'll just get sick of alcohol and you'll be cured. You know, that's kind of the same logic here. And so Birch told, ask the Brobergs if he could spend the night with Jan, who was 11 years old and the Brobergs, you know, being good, God-fearing Mormon parents weren't going to deny a man his therapy, and so they let him do it. Already, just a baffling decision to make. All right. Now, at the time, Jan shared a bedroom with her sister, Karen, in the basement. 
And Birch told, who owned a furniture store, he offered to build a wall for them so the girls could have their own private bedroom so that Birch told could be isolated with Jan. And Bob and Marianne Broberg seeing nothing wrong with that. Hey, they were getting free home improvement. They let it happen. And Birch told spent as many as four nights a week in the basement with Jan. <laughs> like, and it gets so much crazier than that. All right. The Brobergs even started letting Jan spend the night at Birch Told's house. And one night, uh, while the two slept outside on Birch Told's trampoline, Jan woke up to find that her underwear had been pulled down to her ankles and Birch Told was cuddled up really close to her. And Jan was a little creeped out at that. And she asked Birch Told what was going on. And he told her that she was just tossing and turning while she slept and that the underwear had just worked its way down. Which, I mean, obviously that happens to all of us at some point. You have a rough night's sleep. You wake up with your underwear around your ankles. Obviously. But, you know, in, in order to just make sure he stayed close to Jan, Birch Told just went way out of his way to be nice to the Brobergs. He constantly complimented and flirted with Marianne. And during a church event, Marianne ran off with Birch Told and made out with him for a few minutes. So now let's recap. He's spending the night with the Broberg's 11-year-old daughter, and he has gotten Marianne to cheat on her husband. And it still gets weirder. All right? Because here's the thing. Even Bob Broberg was smitten with Birch Told, right? One day, Birch Told called Bob Broberg and asked if they could go on a car ride together. Bob happily agreed. And on the ride, Birch Told revealed that his sex life with Gail was just non-existent and that he needed relief. And at that moment, uh, Bob Broberg looked down and saw that Birch Told was pitching a tent in the driver's seat. And this is probably the craziest part of the story. Birch Told just looks over and he's just like, Bob... It's just kid stuff. I've got to have relief. And Bob Broberg, being the affable Mormon family man he was, reached over and gave Birch Told a handy. Just let that sink in for a little bit. Because now he has gotten he has gotten Bob and Marianne Broberg to cheat on each other with him. And that's that takes a level of genius that very few people possess. Back to the story. In June 1973, 11-year-old Jan went on vacation to Seattle with the Birchtolds. And Birchtold had constantly been giving her what he claimed was allergy medicine. But when Jan began losing consciousness at dinner one night, Birchtold carried her back up to their hotel. And Jan awoke sometime later in a haze and just saw Birchtold standing naked over her. Nothing really came out of that. Birch Toad kind of just told her she was dreaming and hallucinating and like nothing really happened. However, the next year on October 17th, Birch Toad came over and insisted that he take Jan out uh, horseback riding. Marianne hesitated, but eventually let Jan go and made Birch Toad promise that he'd have her home before Bob got home. Well, obviously that didn't happen. By 11 p.m. that night, no one had come back home, and Gail had come over to the Broberg's house pleading with Marianne to just continue waiting for Birchhold to return home instead of calling the police. And Marianne, just letting people walk all over her, waited two whole days before she called the FBI. 
And part of the reason that she gave was because it was the, those two days were a Saturday and Sunday. So the FBI regional office was closed on the weekends and she just didn't want to inconvenience anyone like her daughters out there with probably getting raped. Well, spoiler alert, as you'll see. And she just didn't want to inconvenience the FBI to go do their job. All right. And here's the thing. Five full days after Jan left with Birch told, that's when the Brobergs finally called the FBI. Insane. All right. Now, uh, investigators quickly found the Birch Tolds motorhome was missing from their storage unit. And then they found Birch Tolds car abandoned out in the prairie with the passenger side window broken and bloodstains inside the car. There was one set of footprints leading to a set of tire tracks and investigators felt pretty certain that Birch told had staged a kidnapping and that he had driven his car out to the prairie and then taken off in the motorhome. Now, while all this was going on, Birch told spent the next 35 days brainwashing Jan into a narrative that involved aliens and interplanetary extinction. All right. Jan was told that her mom had conceived her with an alien and that Jan was this human alien hybrid that then needed to procreate with other, with other men in order to save the alien planet. All right. She was warned that if she told anyone about it, her father would be killed. Her sister, Karen would go blind and her other sister, Susan would be abducted. And throughout this entire ordeal, Birch told raped Jan by inserting just the tip of his little pedophilic penis into her because he was super awkward about it. And the whole time he was claiming that it had to be done in order to accomplish the mission. All right. (laughs) It's just insane. Now the two made it all the way to Mexico where they got married because the legal age of consent in Mexico is only 12 because Latin American cultures have just really bonkers laws like that. And we'll learn more about that, you know, as, as this podcast goes on with some other people that we'll cover. Um, on November 20th, Birch told, called his brother Joe and asked them to get the Broberg's blessing to marry Jan since their Mexican marriage wouldn't be recognized under American law. In a rare instance of sensibility in this story, the Broberg's refused and had the marriage annulled. Um, they even found Jan and Birch told had him extradited back to the States. Birch told was indicted on kidnapping charges and went to trial or at least he was prepared to go to trial on Christmas Eve. Uh, Jan or uh, Gail Birch told's wife, Gail went over to the Broberg's house and asked them to sign a couple of documents bef- that indicated they would drop the charges or risk having their dirty laundry exposed, which meant that Birch told was going to, probably admit that he got, you know, the handy from Bob and the makeout section session from, um, Marianne and figuring it wasn't the worst decision they had made so far. The Probergs actually signed the papers, which allowed Birch told to go free. Like the, all the charges were dropped and the FBI had n- like no ability to keep him in custody. So after that, Birch told moved to Utah, but he kept in contact with the Brobergs and he continued specifically corresponding with Jan, who by now had been so brainwashed that she was in love with him. And he also continued working on Marianne. And even though this dude had kidnapped her daughter and had gotten her to cheat on her husband, Marianne decided to drive down to Utah and begin a full blown eight month affair 
with Birch Told. Unreal. Bob, he eventually caught on and filed for divorce. And Marianne's lawyer pleaded with her to get Birch Told out of her life because, like, and this was somehow news to everyone, because Birch Told was a terrible person and he was tearing the family apart. And despite cheating on each other with the same man, the two, the, the Brobergs actually did reconcile and remain together, which uh, it's sweet in a way. But the FBI, who had much more common sense than the Brobergs, which I guess wasn't hard to achieve, they decided to ignore all the affidavits the Brobergs had signed and went forward with the kidnapping case against Birchold in 1976. And although he was convicted of felony kidnapping, he only spent 10 days in jail for it, for a felony so maybe they didn't have as much common sense as we hoped. Following the trial, Birch told moved to Wyoming and he opened a family fund center, which is exactly the kind of operation a pedophile should be running. Jan, who was now 14, begged and pleaded with her parents to let her go down there and work for Birch told. And after Birch told told Marianne that Jan would probably just hitchhike down there anyway, Marianne went behind Bob's back and put Jan on a plane to Wyoming. After spending two weeks with Birch Told, probably getting raped some more, uh, Jan reunited with Marion in Salt Lake City. But on August 10th, Jan disappeared from the Broberg home again, leaving a note explaining that she had run off with Birch Told again. This time, Birch Told took her to California and enrolled her in a Catholic boarding school under a different name. To make it even better and maybe somewhat believable, Birch Told informed the school that he was a CIA agent. Jan was his daughter, and the two had just escaped from Lebanon following the Lebanese Civil War where his wife had been killed. No one questioned it. Like, of all the stories you could come up with, they didn't bother to look into that. All right. The FBI, however, they figured all of it out, and they brought Jan back to Idaho despite her insistence that she and Birchold wanted to get for real married this time. Oh, God. On January 24th, 1977, uh, Bob received a call that his uh, flower shop was on fire. Uh, Two men that had spent time in prison with Birchtold were eventually convicted of arson, but investigators couldn't definitively link Birchtold to the crime. Instead, Birchtold was sent to trial on another kidnapping charge, and this time he was found not guilty by reason of mental defect and spent, believe it or not, only six months in a mental facility before he was released again. However... This time, the Brobergs began just distancing themselves from Birchtold. Jan kind of got over everything. She grew up, got married, had a son, and she even had a solid acting career. She, you know, you can look on her IMDb, IMDb page. Uh, she was featured in a couple of things. Um, Birchtold, he didn't really change. He spent time in and out of prison for raping and stalking other little girls. And finally, believe it or not, as a great way to end the story, he killed himself in 2005. Hell yeah. That's it. That's the end of the story. Wasn't that nuts? I mean, that is probably that's probably one of my favorite stories of all time. I mean, as as bad as it is, just the insanity surrounding it is just incredible. And Unfortunately, uh, handyman Bob Broberg passed away shortly before the documentary came out. He seemed like a fun guy, just a lovable, just a dopey old man. But uh, let's see what we learned today that the Brobergs clearly didn't. 
What did we learn? Any man wearing aviator glasses with a comb over should not be anywhere near your kids. They're all perverts. Every single last one of them. All right. Number two, if a guy asks for a handy in the car, you don't have to give it to him, especially if you're married and especially if he's hanging around your kids. Number three, if a guy comes to you saying his therapist recommended that he sleep with your children and that your daughter would be perfect, don't let him sleep with your daughter for four nights a week and definitely don't let her spend the night at his house. Gah! So that's it. We are officially one month into this thing. Uh, yay for me. Yay for us, I guess. I don't know. Uh, next week, we're going down under to talk about Catherine Knight, who defied gender stereotypes and horrified the country. It's going to be a great story. Thanks for listening. Tell all your friends and keep it weird.